Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! Only 48 hours to go. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Tuesday, April the 24th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, now just two days away until the big night, I'll give you guys my reaction to each potential first round pick for the Miami Dolphins. I'll list off my top eight at each position as it pertains to the Dolphins in this year's draft. And we'll get into the weeds and discuss some of the unforeseen scenarios that might happen on draft night. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at NFL and follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out the number one rated blog in the LockedOn Network, LockedOnDolphins.com, and of course the other LockedOn Sports family of podcasts like the LockedOn Heat Podcast and LockedOn NFL Podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and just jump right into this one. That's another Miami Dolphins. So I wanted to make a list of some of the potential first round picks the Dolphins could make, and I put 17 names on here, which is kind of insane to think about, because obviously the Dolphins are going to get a crack at several of those guys on that list, just by the nature of the fact that they pick number 11 in the draft. But I put them by categories, and I wanted to go over each of these potential first round picks and tell you guys how I would feel come draft night, just kind of putting it on record and giving you my final thoughts on these prospects. Let's go ahead and start with the guys that will not be there. And this, I guess this is the portion of the list you can basically just cross off and say these guys aren't going to be there why are we talking about them let's just go ahead and run through them real quick Baker Mayfield number one would love it not going to be there Sam Darnold not a big fan of him like some others are but he's not going to be there anyway so we'll cross it off Josh Allen I would be actually more open to him than I think most people would be especially Dolphins fans that are craving a quarterback instead of Ryan Tannehill right now. I think that he's one of the guys that offers a lot more upside than Ryan Tannehill does. And if you're going to draft a quarterback, you guys know how I feel about that. Been saying it for a long time now. If you do take a quarterback, he better be better than Ryan Tannehill, who I view as a top 10, 11 quarterback in this league. Josh Rosen, the other quarterback of the big four, cannot stand the idea of him being a Dolphin. Way too concerned about the medical history there. Two concussions, torn labrum in the shoulder. The fact that he has been noted several times from different coaches, different personnel people, that he's just not that coachable. Trent Dilfer, the main one, talking about getting him at the Elite 11 camp a couple of summers ago, back when he was at UCLA, and he was really unopened to being coached there. Just wanted to do it his way and no other way. So definitely would be very sour and punching some doors over that pick. And then the non-quarterbacks. I think there's two that I can pretty much guarantee won't be at 11, but you never know. We'll see what happens. Saquon Barkley and Bradley Chubb, I think both would be fantastic fits for the Dolphins. Would give them a big shot in the arm, both in the running game or as a pass rusher. Bradley Chubb is the kind of guy you can build a defense around. So all those guys won't be there, but those are my reactions for them. And then here comes the group of players that I really think the Dolphins are picking from. I have five players on this list, and I titled them the Blue Chip Defenders. The first one, Derwin James taking my clothes off, running around the neighborhood naked in sheer excitement. I think he has Hall of Fame potential, a type of guy that can lead. He can be a great player on the field, in the locker room. He can elevate the play of the players around him, and he plays multiple positions. The next player, Aminka Fitzpatrick, pretty similar reaction there. Not quite as athletically gifted, but he's definitely a coach on the field and has starred in Alabama defense for several years under Nick Saban. Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. I would be 
hot and cold on that. I think he's a good player. I think he has tremendous upside. We talked with Ben Solak on the podcast last week about his ability to kind of become a player down the line that could be an asset both in the passing game and the running game there. Roquan Smith, I'm I'm getting I'm coming around on him more and more. I talked about on the podcast recently that I just didn't think that he was a good fit at 11 because of the fact that he might not be the best run defender and you might have to take him off the field in certain situations like heavy packages and that type of thing down in the red zone. But I'm kind of becoming more bullish on him. So I'd be okay with Roquan Smith at that pick. More than okay, I'd be happy with Roquan Smith at that pick. And then Vita Vea, be be very pumped about getting him in Miami. He is a dominant interior pass rusher. And I'm getting very, very sick of the argument that because we didn't excel with Ndamukong Sue, that there's no point in drafting a defensive tackle. That is just extremely, extremely short-sighted and it's and there's no logic base behind it because you're going to have to have guys that can fulfill that spot. Right now, they currently have Devon Godshaw, Jordan Phillips, Vincent Taylor, three players I like very much, but that position rotates heavily in and out of the game. So Vita Vea could be a long-term solution there at a significant cost reduction from what Ndamukong Sue was. And then the others is the list I have here. Quentin Nelson, the offensive lineman out of Notre Dame, the interior offensive lineman. I'm very eh, on him. I think the Dolphins' offensive line is built completely fine right now as it is. You obviously have some aging guys on that line and Josh sitting there, but and Juwan James's contract is still coming up here soon. But I think that the only situation where you'd want to do that is if you could pedal Juwan James in a trade or something or get someone off the line because you already have five starters and you have good depth there. So I wouldn't be too excited about that, but he is a very good player. And then Calvin Ridley and the other receivers is kind of what I put here on this group. Calvin Ridley, I'd be excited about having the player in Miami, a fantastic route runner, very polished, and just a athletic freak. I think that he was kind of limited by what they did at Alabama as far as being a running offense, but I'd be okay with having him. But then again, you have a crowded receiver room, so somebody would have to go there. Rashawn Evans, the Alabama linebacker, one of the quote-unquote others here, would be pumped about getting him. I know people think he's a reach at 11, and he probably is. He'll be there at 11. But he is just a consummate professional. He is a guy that has played so many games in his career, has had a lot of success, both as a blitzer, as a run defender, and pass coverage. He can do it all. Would be stoked about getting him. Leighton Van Der Esch has been the name coming up lately a lot on mock drafts or being mentioned by the Miami Dolphins beat writers and the like. And I can't get on board with that one just because I think that's way too high for him to go, much more so than is Rashawn Evans. He is somewhat... He's built like a linebacker, but he's also slight at the same time and has those same issues that Roquan Smith might have in terms of getting off blocks and being a guy that can defeat blocks and make plays in the big gaps that are left in this wide nine defense. I think he's a better pick later in the first round or at pick 42. And then two more for you guys, offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame. I would probably vomit if that was the pick. We'll just leave it at that. And then the last one is quarterback Lamar Jackson. And just in the same way that Josh Allen has all that upside, I feel the same way with Lamar Jackson. I have loved him since his Heisman Trophy season, even before that. He was sheerly dominant at Louisville. as a special, special athlete that you have to plan for specifically. And the Dolphins would be lucky to get him. But at pick 11, probably a little bit too high, especially considering the fact that the Dolphins will likely go towards more of a position at need there. So that's my list. If I missed anybody, please let me know via Twitter, at NFL. You guys can follow the show at LockedOnFit. We have much, much more to come on this episode, including my list of names that I think have the best chance to be a Dolphin five days from now when the draft wraps up in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I told you guys it was going to be draft week on the podcast here, so if you were over the draft coverage, I do apologize, but it is what we were talking about for the rest of the week leading up to Thursday night's first round, just 72 hours away from now or so as I record this. Let's go over a list of players at each position. I started off with 10, and then I realized that was kind of too much, so I narrowed it down to 8 per position. 
at quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, offensive line was grouped together, edge, interior defensive linemen, linebackers, corners, and safeties. And before we get into all that, as we have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, 80 players on this list, just think about the fact that the Dolphins defense isn't really... It doesn't really have distinctions in terms of the Will and the Sam and a number one corner, a number two corner, and a strong safety and a free safety. It's all decided based on just direction of the field. For instance, they have a right corner and a left corner. You saw that with Byron Maxwell and Xavier Howard. The Will and Sam are kind of interchangeable in the same way that safeties are, and that it's kind of a right safety and a left safety, and you can kind of pull them up and down based on the formation and whether or not you're playing the field side, the boundary side, strong side, or whatever the case may be, there isn't really a certain distinction of the defense that goes that direction. It's more about right, left, and that type of thing. So just keep that in mind for the defensive side of the football. We'll start with the offense at the quarterbacks, the number one guy on my list. Remember, I'm crossing off guys I don't think will be there. I don't think any of the big four quarterbacks are going to be at pick 11. I think the first option there is Lamar Jackson. And I'd be surprised if he was the pick, but I can see Adam Gaze wanting to get him in the building. And then from there, basically a big drop off to the third, fourth round range. Luke Falk, Kyle Laletta, Riley Ferguson from Memphis, Mike White from Western Kentucky, Kurt Benkert, the Virginia product, Logan Woodside from the MAC. He is from Toledo. He dominated that competition down there, has a big, strong arm, can really spin it. And then Alex Magoo, the Florida international product. The Dolphins have been attached to him in some spots. And so look for him to go somewhere in the sixth round, probably, and possibly be a Miami Dolphin. Moving back into the backfield at running back, I think Sony Michelle atops this list. They have shown a lot of interest in him. He has that explosion, that suddenness that Kenyon Drake does, and he can do everything out of the backfield. So he's a definite option there from Georgia. Kalen Balazs from Arizona State. Again, three down type of player. Rashad Penny out of San Diego State. Dolphins have been linked to him quite a bit. Royce Freeman from Oregon. Mark Walton from Miami, the local product. Jalen Samuels from North Carolina State is kind of a tight end, H-back, running back, quasi does everything, but he's going as a running back here. I have him on my list because he is a mismatch piece on the offense. And then we're going to go with Bo Scarborough from Alabama and John Kelly rounding out my running backs there. Wide receivers, this is a tough group because I don't think Miami's going to necessarily target a wide receiver unless somebody falls to them. So I kind of just went with guys that fit certain needs the Dolphins have or guys that could potentially replace someone like, for instance, Danny Amendola on a two-year contract. So Dante Pettis, the receiver from UW, if he has any kind of fall in the draft, possibly a punt returner, a guy that maybe takes over for Kenny Stills in the long run. And then Simi Cobbs from Indiana, a very big, tall, bodied receiver. Michael Gallup from Colorado catches everything, would be fantastic in the slot. Alan Lazard, another big body receiver from Iowa State. Equinemius St. Brown from Notre Dame. And then a name that we haven't talked about lately at all, probably because of free agency, but the Dolphins were attached to this guy back at the Shrine Game and Senior Bowl, Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State. Jamon Moore from Missouri. And then Dylan Cantrell, the potential slot receiver replacement for Danny Amendola down the line. Going to tight end, this is the class where I basically listed all the top guys because I think Miami is going to attack this position aggressively. There's a piece on LockdownDolphins.com right now taking inventory of the Dolphins' current tight ends and kind of seeing what the Dolphins would want to do at the tight end position, what Adam Gaze has done in the past. But this list includes Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State, Hayden Hurst from South Carolina State, Ian Thomas, the Indiana product, Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield's teammate, Troy Fumagalli, Chris Herndon, the local product from Miami once again, another Florida kid, and Jonathan Atkins, the tight end from UCF, and Dalton Schultz, the blocking product, 
out of Stanford, probably very late in the draft for him. And then the offensive lineman, again, I think this position is pretty much good to go for the season, but we're going to list some names for you guys. Braden Smith would be a, a second round option for the Dolphins out of Auburn, that big mauling guard they haven't had for a long, long time. Billy Price out of Ohio State, if he has any kind of a fall, would be a good center option behind Dan Kilgore. James Daniels, same case from Iowa. Austin Corbett, Skylar Phillips and Tony Adams are all mid to late round projects there. And then Tyrell Crosby at tackle is a potential option. The guy they have been linked to out of Oregon and then Brandon Parker out of North Carolina AT&T. So offensive line, pretty good to go, but we'll list those guys anyways. And then going over to the defensive side of the ball, again, reminder that there is no real distinction in terms of which positions the linebackers play. So I grouped together the outside and inside linebackers. Corners are the same bet. Safeties are the same bet as well, but edge players, Another position the Dolphins are pretty strong at and definitely very deep at, but got to put some names up there. And this class is very, very thin. So I listed a couple of guys at the top of the draft that probably aren't going to happen. But nonetheless, Harold Landry, he would be a great Cam Wake replacement down the line. Marcus Davenport is a project player. If you can get him in the second round, I would not hesitate to do that. Lorenzo Carter from Georgia, another option. Sam Hubbard at Ohio State. Chad Thomas, another Miami kid. Kylie Fitz from Utah. Kamiko Ture, the Rutgers kid, very, very raw. And then Aid Aruna from Tulane. Going to the interior defensive line, everyone hates this name. I'm not really sure why. I think because they didn't like the fact that we lost Ndamukong Sue. But Vita Vea is as dominant as it gets. Maurice Hurst has had some information going around on him that he might actually drop in the draft because of medical medical condition. But if they can get him at pick 42, that'd be a fantastic boon to the interior pass rush of this defensive line. Harrison Phillips, the three, three-time national champion wrestler in the heavyweight division in high school. So I love what he can do on the defensive line. RJ McIntosh, B.J. Hill, Tim Settle, the mountain of a man from Boston College, Deidre Sanat, the small school kid, and then Nathan Shepard from Fort Hayes, a Canadian product that broke his hand at the Senior Bowl and couldn't get onto the field for the rest of the week there. But that defensive line group is going to get help on the interior, and I'm going to go with one of those eight names as being the guy. And then linebacker, another position the Dolphins will certainly, certainly address come Thursday, Friday, or maybe even Saturday in this draft class. Let's start with the obvious one, Roquan Smith and Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously, Rashawn Evans is one of my favorites as well. And then Leighton Vander Esch sneaking into that conversation. Please don't be at pick 11 there. You have Darius Leonard, the South Carolina State product. He was at the Senior Bowl dominating in pass coverage. Shaquem Griffin, my favorite player in this entire draft. You guys know how I feel about him. Just an awesome looking player. Malik Jefferson. And then Keyshawn Biera is a matchup project type of piece a guy from UW that was really really good doing multiple things for the Huskies defense but he has not really gotten a lot of buzz this draft season let's go ahead and just put him on there as a potential speed guy get this Dolphins defense faster and then moving on to the secondary the cornerbacks again another group that has some names I think Tony Lippett has a lot riding on this season in terms of whether or not he can come back from the Achilles injury he suffered but Denzel Ward is the best corner in this draft if they had him at 11 would not complain one bit you can never have enough corners he might even be able to help you in the big nickel and do some stuff at safety as well possibly or possibly move other guys back to safety in that position Carlton Davis the big body guy out of Auburn definitely fits the prototype here Jair Alexander, another slot corner option. MJ Stewart, Isaac Yedum from Boston College. And then Tavares McFadden has the body and the frame to be a corner in this defense, but cannot run worth a lick. Devron Davis, my guest from a couple of weeks ago from UTSA. And Avante Maddox, another slot corner option from the University of Pittsburgh. And he obviously played with our now assistant defensive backs coach, Ronaldo Hill, at the University of Pittsburgh. And so to one of our safeties on this list here. Jordan Whitehead, he is on my list for safeties. But at the top of the list, Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick, the two 
potentially Pro Bowl player safeties from the jump. I love both those guys. Jesse Bates from Wake Forest. I think he might get himself into the first round. Super rangy, very instinctive. And then you have Ronnie Harrison, the Alabama safety that some are saying is a better player than Minka Fitzpatrick, which is crazy, but neither here nor there. All four of those guys are high, high round draft picks. Terrell Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds' brother from Virginia Tech as well. I talked about Jordan Whitehead, Armani Watts from Texas A&M, and then Damon Webb, the Ohio State safety. So those are my 80 names. I'm thinking I'll probably get one or two of them right because that's how it seems to go. But those are the guys I'm listening for, the Miami Dolphins, based on visits, the scheme fit where they might go in the draft, all that stuff. So that's my list of 80 players. We will revisit that after the draft on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Mingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. We have just one more segment here to go. Wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I wanted to talk about a couple of unforeseen potential scenarios, just basically making things up off the top of my head. We are so deep into this thing now that we have to kind of come up with content to talk about and obviously there are a million ways to approach this thing but I kind of teased it earlier talking about Quentin Nelson possibly falling and that was kind of the idea behind this segment was if something unforeseen happens and the Dolphins have to kind of adjust on the fly what could happen then and we've heard rumors about the Dolphins possibly trading Jawan James to the Denver Broncos I don't personally think that was ever on the table especially not for CJ Anderson we heard that was bunk from some Dolphins beat writers but if Quentin Nelson falls to you at pick 11 and the Broncos are still privy to Juwan James at right tackle I would call him up and say hey you want Juwan James for that second round pick because as I said on Twitter one of my favorite analogies I ever made myself was that you can find wide receivers anywhere it's basically like finding a confederate flag in the south but finding good offensive line play that's like finding a make America great again hat in downtown Portland which does not happen offensive line is very much in need these days so you can probably get a good draft pick for Juwan James kick Jesse Davis out to right tackle play Quentin Nelson at right guard for a year until Josh Sitton maybe moves on next year and then slide him over to left guard so all your problems are solved there if he falls and the defensive players are off the board another one is involves another trade of a veteran player for the Dolphins trading Devontae Parker for assets in the event that you find a way to get Calvin Ridley out of Alabama I talked about him and how great I think he is I don't think the Dolphins are going to go at receiver at all in this draft. If not, maybe later on in the draft they will, but this receiver group is so deep and loaded, they probably don't have to go that direction, so you'd have to trade off Devontae Parker. So any receiver drafted in this class might mean a trade for someone like Parker, maybe even getting Leonta Carew off the football team for good. And then another one that might be kind of scoffed at is trading up for a player that is not a quarterback if Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb has a fall down to seventh in the draft. At that point, you might be able to pay something of a premium maybe a second round pick which I don't want to do but I can see why you would for someone like that like Bradley Chubb for instance Barkley I'm not going to give up picks for him because I think that running backs are very deep in this class and they kind of can be a dime a dozen at times but Bradley Chubb I would definitely have to consider that so that's my unforeseen options if you guys have any of those other ones that could come up on draft day send them to me on twitter at me nfl we'll talk about it there let's go ahead and review the 2015 draft class for the dolphins real quick as we get closer and closer to the draft and speaking of Devonte parker he was the first round pick that year i hated it from the start i still don't love it i called him on twitter last year he came back at me i got called a moron by a lot of people on twitter before i had a following and now here we are going into year four and hasn't done a whole lot for the dolphins the 14th pick in the 2015 draft at pick 52 in the second round, Jordan Phillips, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. 
big year for him going into a contract year, as most of these guys are going into their four seasons, but he's going to have to really step up and take over for Ndamukong Sue in that vacant spot there. Dolphins didn't have a third round pick that year, but in the fourth round, they took guard from Arizona State, Jamil Douglas, complete bust there. But then the fifth round, they hit some home runs. 145th pick in the draft, the cornerback out of Memphis, the big ball hawk himself, Bobby McCain, has become one of the best slot corners in the NFL. At pick 149, Jay Ajayi, the running back from Boise State, we all know how that ended. 150, the same one pick later, Cedric Thompson, free safety out of Minnesota, didn't work out for him here. But then six picks later, Tony Lippett, the wide receiver from Michigan State, converts to cornerback, had a very nice 2016 season, missed all 2017 with a knee injury. But again, these draft classes have gotten better and better as the years have gone on it seems like we have the 16 and 17 class still to get to i don't know if i'm going to review those ones because it seems like a kind of pointless exercise at this point of their careers these guys i just talked about at least have played three years in the league talking about a guy that's only played two in one year in the league doesn't really make a lot of sense in terms of projecting their long-term value but i think the dolphins in this 2015 draft class it looks like they got one player for sure and bobby mccain parker will find out phillips will find out and lippet will find out as well so big big year for the 2015 draft class just as it's a big week for us here for the 2018 draft on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, we're going to have tons of content for you guys, both pre and post draft going forward. But that will do it for tonight's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Winkle NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins and follow our flagship show at Lockdown NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network. LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.